Welcome back, everybody. It's Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. Double L team, Lyle and Lawson this you. morning. And we're about to have another clue for our quiz. So yes. get your thinking cap on. Let's see if yeah. you can figure this one out. We haven't had any answers yet. We haven't even had any bragging rights yet, have we? Yeah. Well, I think it's because it's been particularly obscure. That's why. I think it's because it's just raining too hard. I think people need to wake up. Yeah. I, I think thing. everybody's... You know, but it's a, it's a nice morning if you if you can to just sort of um, pull up those dunas and switch on the switch on Faith FM radio and listen to the rain on the roof. But unfortunately, here in the Newcastle area, I think most of the east coast of Australia is copying it at the moment. So, but you know, then it's like that's some people can do that. But then it's like we're sitting here in the studio and watching people walk into our offices, like you know, braving the howling winds and rain, like trying to like pull their hoods over their head and keep their umbrellas low because they might fly away. Like, weather's pretty gnarly. I don't think a lot of people are in a great mood. But so you've got, cool. kind of got three categories out there this yes. morning. You've got the umbrella people uh, whose umbrellas are just about carting them off into the sky. Uh-huh. Then you've got the people who just sort of hunch over, squint a little bit and walk in. Mm-hmm. And then you've got those who make the mad dash. That's me. That's you, the mad dash? I'm, I'm the dash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Def- definitely me too. I go for the mad dash. I, I don't think I'm organised enough or patient enough to have an umbrella. And I also don't want to get wet. So, I think I have one in the car, but it's just like <laughs> I can't be bothered to getting it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I have to what? I have to undo my umbrella and then it gets wet. And then I have to have a wet umbrella that I need to carry around. That's not efficiency. No. That's <laughs> life is too short. We have decided here on Faith FM, Faith FM this morning. Life is too short for umbrellas. Wait, what were we, we were doing a clue for the we quiz. were we were what, <laughs> what happened? What happened? Okay, who am I? Let's do a quick revision of the clues. After living in Moab for about ten years, I returned to Bethlehem just as the barley harvest was beginning. I said he was not stop. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. I said, call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. And now the next clue, who am I? My two sons are Marlon and Killian. Um, Elimelech, Elimelech is my husband. Okay, if you know the answer, the numbers to call are... 1-800-324-843. Give us a text 0491-064-669 and you'll win this amazing book, Cameron Johnson's Cooling Down Stress. How to take the heat out of life's stress. Okay, so we did have uh, Sharissa on earlier. She does have her afternoon show starting Mm. this Wednesday and also the N.Digital that I think I've been announcing it for Wednesday the 27th. Somebody did point out to me there's no such thing as Wednesday the 27th. It's Tuesday the 27th. Well, 27th is Tuesday. That's tomorrow. So it'll be starting tomorrow. <laughs> so make sure you join us uh, Join us tomorrow for the N.Digital 7.30 tomorrow evening. Uh, we will be looking forward to your company. Mm, awesome stuff. If you are not there, you will need to have an excuse. I don't know. I'll just be sad. That's, yes. that's, that's yeah, we'll just be sad. We'll, we'll just, just be, be sad. sad. And we'll, we'll like, we, we don't understand why you wouldn't be there. It's like, it's like you, you know, advise someone, you know, you tell your friend, you should get this really good vegan chocolate milkshake because it's vegan and it's fantastic. And then they just completely disregard what you say and don't get it. It's like, that's, that's a tragedy. Just listen to what I say and be happy. Um, <laughs> not quite, but hey, um, please be there. But now we have our encounter with God. Uh, Bible study for this morning. We do. We do. We're going to get into our Bible study. Interesting story that is included as a part of the Bible study this morning mm. about um, 
this was uh, say Billy Graham mm. visiting soldiers in uh, the Vietnam conflict who were in wow. a field hospital. Mm. And one of these guys um, had been pretty smashed up. And so he was actually lying face down. He couldn't lie on his back. He had to lie face down while they were putting him all back together again. Mm. And so Billy Graham and a general, you know, they're walking around and uh, chatting with some of these guys. And, of course, they can't see the guy's face. They have a bit of a conversation. He's just looking straight at the ground. He's like, And he says to the general, he's like, look, I fought for you. Mm. I, I got smashed up for you. Can I see your face? Mm. And so uh, the general, yep, lay down underneath the, uh, I guess it was some kind of bed thing that they had mm. where maybe a bit like a... Uh, Reminiscent, yeah, reminiscent yeah. of a massage table, and uh, lay down, had a conversation with him, mm. uh, and it's important, you know, to be able to really get to know a person to see their face. Mm. It makes a big difference when you see somebody's face when you actually spend time with them face to face. And I think this is one of the things that we're learning at the moment from the uh, you know the pandemic that is happening is that we are all missing that face to face contact. We are all, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of forms of communication. We've had more forms of communication than we've ever had before. You know, back in the times of the Spanish flu, we would have been, you know, not having church by Zoom. We would have been having church by letter. Mm. Wow. You know, Did you imagine? Think about like, that. Oh, I, wonder, I wonder how, you, you know, if you have an organized pastor, you get two months worth of sermon in like a packet. If you have an unorganized pastor, it's, you get, you know, sermons every here and there. Yeah, you know, even even if I go back to when my wife and I got married just 26 years ago, yeah, not well. that long ago really, mm. a little bit before Lawson was born, but not that long ago <laughs> really, and we moved to Australia and we only called home to Shell's parents once a month. Wow. Because that's all we could afford. Wow. That was like an $80 phone call. <laughs> that's- you know, and they would call us once a month and so that was worked out as once a fortnight that we would get mm. to chat. You know, if, if the pandemic had arrived 26 years ago, we wouldn't, you know, back then if you talked about FaceTime and you'd actually make a phone call where you could see another person's wow, face, yeah. that was just, you know, the equivalent of us now thinking about teleporting. Yeah, well. We sort of think about teleporting now and go, yeah, nah. Mm. Well, that was like back in that time, like 26 years ago, that's like some presidential level stuff to be able to see someone's face like from across the world or something like that. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. That was, uh, yeah. That's incredible. Well, I saw a, like I saw a meme the other day and it's like, imagine if the pandemic happened in 2003 <laughs> and we're all playing, you know, instead of having FaceTime or like, you know, television, you know, you know Netflix to watch, we're all playing Snake on our Nokia 3310s and like <laughs> watching free to air TV every day. Like, <laughs> well, of course, for people who don't go to work. Um, but like, oh yeah, man, if any time could happen where we had a pandemic, probably the best time ever so far. Imagine how, if, well, imagine what it was like during the Spanish flu. Oh, yikes! Okay, so uh, your your version of uh, you know playing games on your computer game was the board game, and Netflix was a book. And Netflix back then had pages that Ooh. you turned. But that's kind of like I it wouldn't like, be such a bad thing, you know? No, it wouldn't. I man, I think 
like the thought of playing board games for more than like two hours for me gives me indigestion. Like I, I'm not a massive <laughs> board game fan. And so like, oh, just thinking about board games being the only thing to do. But then it's like, cause it's like, oh, well, you know, like during the pandemic, we've had a calculated, um, go outside and exercise time. I don't know if they would have had that back then or you'd be sneaking out or what they'd be doing. Oh, I couldn't imagine. That would just. That would be awful. Why are we thinking about this? We should be doing we should, a Bible study. Okay, so study. we should be doing a Bible study. It does relate to our Bible study, though, mm-hmm. uh, because think about this then in the context of God. Mm-hmm. Can we FaceTime God? I think there are some lines of communication that he's given us. There's definitely lines of communication. We don't have FaceTime, though. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can imagine our world a little bit like that soldier in the hospital, you know, pretty beat up. And wanting to see the face of God. Mm. And so what does God do? God sends his son, Jesus Christ. And so while we don't FaceTime God and look into the courtroom in heaven, we see God because we see Jesus. Mm. And this is what Jesus has done for us. He has come to this earth. He has lived his life here on this earth. And his purpose in doing so is is to reveal the Father. Mm. you know, Because you kind of get a bit of a, a vague idea of what the Father is like when you read the Bible. But when you see Jesus, you actually see the Father. A picture is worth a thousand words. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay. Um, what's interesting about Egypt is that he doesn't just say, who is the God of Israel? Mm. He says, who is God? Yeah, wow. And what that reveals about Egypt is at the higher levels of Egyptian society, they were all atheists. They were completely secular. Yeah. And then- you know, the, the gods were just a, a personification of the force of nature. They weren't actually personal gods. And they existed to control people. That's right. Like that's, that, that's the yep. purpose. And we've seen it throughout history that one of the primary purposes of organized, institutionalized religion has just been to control people. Absolutely. But still it shows that, yeah, like Pharaoh is at this place where like – Someone is coming to him with a legitimately, you know, inquiry of like, you know, this is the God that I serve. This is the God you should follow. And that question in return, well, who is God? No, yeah, like you said, not only who is the God of Israel, who is God? Yeah, because he's not scared of uh, the God of Israel. He's not scared of any God. He doesn't believe in the existence of God. He's like, God doesn't exist. What are you, what are you, what are you coming in here and threatening me with God for? I don't believe in God. That's, oh, that's, that's essentially how Pharaoh is responding. And then, of course, God reveals himself. You know what? This this just gave me a thought too. Like Pharaoh's response, like how confident he was in himself, like yes. represents like, you know, he believed like, oh, I am the master of my own life. Like I'm legit. And we see that today as well. And now ever increasing, very secular society, particularly here in Australia, every self-help book, you know, from the secular perspective, all the, you know, the TED talks, you know, you are the master of your own life. You are the master of your destiny, which straight up leads to that like that uh, rhetorical question of like, oh, who is God? What yeah, purpose do I'm I have? I'm my own master. Yeah, but that's exactly what our uh, our Sabbath school is on, our, our lessons on this week, Jesus as the master teacher. Who is he in relationship to our life and what he wants to, to do for us and how he wants to lead us? That's powerful stuff. That's awesome. And it's also, uh, you know, not lost a train of thought. It was a really good thought too. We'll come back in a minute. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right. 
Um, what were what were we talking about? Where, where did seeing we, the face of God? Him face being revealed God. to us. Oh, I had how, a really good Jesus thought. Why came, won't it come back? How Jesus came. Um, All right, let's go. Let's go to Hebrews chapter one. All right, Hebrews chapter one, and we're going to read the first four verses. Uh, so this is obviously the book, beginning of the book of Hebrews, and this is where uh, Paul is writing a letter to the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. Mm. Very, very different uh, style of uh, letter that you find here in comparison to the other epistles of Paul, yes. where he's writing to Gentile churches. Mm. But as somebody who knew and understood the Jewish system probably more intimately than just about any other of the mm. other disciples, very very well qualified to put together, you know, a very a very detailed defense of Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah, wow. Um, so Hebrews chapter one. I'm assuming verse one as well. Is that where we're going to be reading from? One to four. Okay. Um, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God of heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Yeah, you read down through this passage right here and you see what, what God is actually trying to do. You know, we talk about a picture being uh, speaking a thousand words, mm. and you find, you know, throughout the Bible, people, you know, looking to understand God, looking to know God. And nothing can be clearer than a picture, and so God sends Jesus, and he's like, "Okay, this is this is this is God." Mm. And, and Jesus talks about this. You know, if you go to John, Gospel of John, chapter fourteen. Let's go over there very quickly, and uh, let's read this passage over here in John fourteen, where you know, even the disciples themselves, they're like, "Okay, you're the Messiah, so why don't you show us the Father?" Mm. You know, because you can do all these great things. You're obviously in very close communication with the Father. We'd really like to see the Father. Mm-hmm. Why don't you show us the Father? Mm-hmm. That's a reasonable request. I mean, Jesus is somebody who does a lot of miracles, and the disciples have seen those miracles. They've seen the power of Jesus. He's just made a promise that he's going to heaven to build a mansion for them in heaven, to come back to this earth, to take them to heaven, to be with him. That's your first three verses of this chapter. And so the disciples, you know, particularly Philip, is like, okay, all right, so you're going to your father to build his mansions in heaven. You're going to God to do that. Why don't you just say, show us, show us the father? We, mm. we, we'd like to see him. Uh, da, 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 where are we? Verse 8. Which chapter? 14. John 14, verse 8. John chapter 14 and verse 8. The Bible says, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Verse 9. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen... Uh, seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Okay, so this is an interesting reply. Is Jesus the Father? No. No. 
when Jesus was baptized, Jesus was in the water. Mm-hmm. The Father was speaking from heaven, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit was descending as a dove. Yes. Three separate persons mm-hmm. in three separate places doing things together at the same time in the same place, but in very different contexts from each other. You've got three yes. different persons in the Godhead. Mm. Okay, so if Jesus is not the Father, Jesus then says, why, why does Jesus say, what do, you, what do you mean you want to see the Father? You've seen me. I think he's, he's referencing his character. Yes. Like I see primarily, and I think he's doing so because like the Father, like God the Father is pretty much like almost immaterial, particularly to a human as well. Like thinking about like a sinful human being, God the Father like exists inside and outside of time. And when he exists inside of time, he's like a great light that is so righteous and noble and holy that if you see him, you will discompobulate and die. Like, so yeah, the point that Jesus is making is like, you have seen the Father through me, which is, oh, that's such a good point. Like, you know, as I, as I you know, mentioned earlier, when you asked me, like, oh, how do we FaceTime God? And I'm like, oh, there's lines of communication and, you know, you can read the Bible and pray and all this stuff and there's some level of connection there. But it's like, I imagine for a lot of these guys, like, you know, back in this day, never owned the Bible. For a lot of the world who was asking the same question, never read the Bible. It's like, oh, man, like, how can we see God? It's like, through me, Jesus, through me. This is the only way in which it can commu- be communicated is through the character that I have. Yeah, I don't know. I found that a really powerful thought. You know what this verse says to me? Mm. It says the disciples were rednecks. <laughs> now, I want you to hold that thought. I'm actually dead serious about it. It is funny, I know. And we're going to have some fun with it. But I hold that thought. I'm dead serious. And I'm going to show you something. There's a really important lesson to come out of this. Ooh. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. Where are we up to? Bible study. Bible study. Feeling Christ. Rednecks. Rednecks. Yes. Okay, so the disciples sh- say, show us the Father. Jesus is like, I've already shown you. Don't you know me? Don't you understand who mm. I am? So what was it that the disciples actually wanted to see? Why weren't they satisfied with seeing Jesus? And how does Jesus wow. actually place this back in its context? The answer is quite simple. They're rednecks because they're just fascinated with bright stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? And because... And, and, Rednecks are fascinated with shiny things, and we we don't. We this, don't. Is, this is why we like chrome. Yes, this it's, is it's shiny and fireworks. Absolutely, and big noises like big explosions. That's right, and loud cars, cannons, and <laughs> motorbikes, and that's what human beings are excited by. Yeah, and this is what human beings are not excited by. Somebody living a righteous character. I don't know. I was at a care group a couple of weeks ago. Like, you know, my university gets together every Friday night, my university church group and in different locations and we study together. And I asked this question, like, we're talking about things that make me excited. And I'm like, you know, my heart just gets racing, imagining about, you know, jumping, you know, budgie jumping or something like that, you know, jumping off a cliff with a leg attached to your open. I'm like, what gets you excited? And there were a number of, uh, you know, females at uh, this gathering who were like, you know, painting a picture reading a book i i i'm slowly starting to learn i couldn't believe this before but people are actually different to me and i feel like these 
humble and amazing women at this group would probably sympathize with Jesus here and say, oh, yeah, you know, we've seen Jesus through the character, but obviously the disciples being a bunch of young blokes, they're just rednecks. That's <laughs> right. They're just like, show us something bright and shiny. Show us the glory of the Father. This is what Moses wanted. Is I want to see your glory. And Jesus mm. like, and, and God was like, um, all right, I'll show you my glory. And what does he do? He proclaims his name. Yeah, wow. And when he proclaims his name, he proclaims his character. Wow, amen. He's, no, he says, I'll, I, will, I will show you my glory, I will tell you my name, and then he just proclaims his character. Mm. And this is what we miss. I think particularly us men that love bright, shiny things, yes. uh, we miss that the greatest things in this world are not the bright and shiny and loud things. Mm-hmm. They are character because your character is the legacy that you will carry for eternity. Yeah. And I think, like, just a human thing, in particularly with guys, like, you know, it, we like bright, bright, shiny stuff because we don't have to work for it. Like, as in, it's just easy to see an explosion and be wowed by it. But, yeah, I just... But to know. be wowed by character, you know, mm. that's, that's, that's serious stuff. That's going to take a lot of hard work. Yes. That's not course. a spectator sport. mm no, not at all. That's Deep something involved. you need to be that you need to be involved with, and that you need to. Well, of course, in the case of Jesus, you need to study and to emulate and to copy. Mm. All right, let's go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. Let's have the first six verses of this one. Second Corinthians chapter four, first six verses. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses one to six. As I turn pages in my Bible, here we go. Uh, this is subtitled in my Bible: "Treasure in Fragile Clay Jars." Second uh, Corinthians chapter four and verse one. The Bible says, "Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and un- underhanded methods. We don't try to trick." anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow. If you looked at Jesus Christ, are you going to see you know, bright, shiny things? No, no. I love that. It's like Christ is in the exact likeness of God the Father. Like, what a statement to make. Absolutely. Is- but we see him in the exact likeness of a human. So... We are not there to look at the physical features of God. Mm. It's focusing on the spiritual, the character of God. This is the issue. Mm. And the issue for us as Christians, of course, is having a character like Jesus. That's what Christianity is all about, Mm. is to live our life like Jesus lived his life. I heard someone say this once powerfully. They said, perfection is, you know, and God working in us to perfection is him taking us to the ability to reach our potential. Um, giving us the ability to reach our potential. And particularly with Jesus, he was, you know, God in human flesh. He was humanity at its 
peak potential. Um, and of course, with humanity being made in the image of God, uh, you know, with the ability to love one another, to have complete connection with God. And when, yeah, we see Jesus as a human in peak potential, this is, yeah, the exact likeness of God. This is God's image just like radiating out, radiating out, of course, in character as as well. He was born of a woman in a body that carried the curse of sin. Um, but yeah, we just have to think like, this is this is what should be wowing us, and this that's is right. This is what we should be, be wowing for. us. Uh, verse four again, if you could please. Uh, verse four, the Bible says, "Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is in the exact likeness of God. They don't understand the glory of God, wow. which is His character." Because they're looking for bright and shiny things. (laughs) Let's focus on the character of Jesus as we go through this day. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're just going to launch straight into question of the day. So good. Okay, question of the day regarding Daniel's seventy-week prophecy found in Daniel chapter nine. How do we know which decree to start those 70 weeks with? Okay, really good question. If you go to uh, Daniel chapter 9, this is what you're going to read. Let me just flick over there very, very quickly. Daniel chapter 9. And we're going to look in verse 25 where the Bible says, When I get there, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. Okay, so this is your starting point right here. It's the word from. And so... Uh, when the Bible says from, you know, decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. So what, you know, you and I would typically look for is, okay, when was that decree made and who made it? Let's have the history of that. That's going to give us our starting date. We would find the first one of those decrees because there is a number of them and this is why the questioner is actually asking the question is because there are a number of different decrees that you can use uh, because there were a number of different decrees that were made to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. And so the Bible says here, from the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, we would naturally go to the decree of Cyrus, who was the very first person to make a decree to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. And if we did, we would be wrong. And that would be weird. (laughs) We would be like, well, that's the first decree. Why don't we start there? That's the natural place to start. Okay, but that's because we look at the Bible, and this is one of the... You know, one of the tips to understanding the Bible, we need to look at the Bible through Eastern eyes and not through Western eyes. Mm. We need to look at through the culture in which it was written. Now, recently, Lawson, back in March, Shell and I bought a house. Yes. Except we didn't. But you did. But we didn't. Oh, why not? The bank bought a house. Oh, okay, yep. Right? So when will we buy the house? When you pay the bank. That's right, when I pay the bank. Mm -hmm. Now, that's how we think in Western society. Mm. Uh, If you go back to Eastern society, particularly Eastern society at the time of uh, Daniel, you would not say that we bought the house until the last payment, not the first. Mm. And so when you look at the decrees to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem, these were progressive decrees that built on each other and the decree is 
dated from the completion of the decree, not the initiation of the decree. The initiation of the decree was only partial. The uh, specifications of the prophecy were that was that it was to both restore and to rebuild. So it wasn't just about building, it was also restoring the government. And you don't find all of that coming into place until the decree is finished. Let me illustrate this for you, how this works in the Bible, by going back to the book of Ezra and reading about the decree. So if we flick back over to Ezra real quick, uh, just a little bit for, for Psalms here, Ezra, Nehemiah, and we go to Ezra, Ezra chapter 6. The Bible says, the elders of the Jews, and by the, t- by the time you get to Ezra chapter 6, by the way, you are now down to the third decree. This is the decree of Artaxerxes. The elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. They built and finished it according to the commandment of God and according to the commandment of Cyrus, Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Kings of Persia. Okay, so there's a couple of things here I want you to notice. First of all, this particular commandment was initiated by Cyrus, it was confirmed by Darius, it was completed by Artaxerxes. Those are three different decrees in our culture. In their culture, that's one decree, and that's why the Bible describes it as one decree. Notice it says, according to the commandment, singular, one decree, Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes. And it wasn't a complete commandment until Artaxerxes completed it. So you date from the time of Artaxerxes. There are five important points here. First of all, it has to include restoring as well as rebuilding. Secondly, you have to have an exact date for it, which we have. Thirdly, this is the completion of the decree. Fourthly, it is described as the decree of God. And fifthly, it works. None of the other dates are going to work for you. This one will blow your mind when you see just how accurate it is over hundreds and even thousands of years. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.